0: all right welcome back to the we know fancy podcast i am joined again as always with the fancy fro it's been quite some time fro how are you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm excited football is close not quite here yet but it's close enough that we can start doing some podcasts and i'm ready to you know win some more leagues
0: yeah i think we just eclipsed the 100 day countdown to the kickoff of the season so that's exciting like the fro said we may not on the eve of football or within weeks or even months really but it, it's getting close things are heating up you know in the world of dynasty dynasty uh fantasy football lot's going on and uh you know we're not your typical dynasty guys we're your redraft type of guys but uh, a lot of this content we're going to touch on today uh can be taken the dynasty aspect so if you're a dynasty guy uh hang in with us and uh we'll have some fun and of course welcome everyone uh, if this is your first time listening to us uh, my name is nate with uh, We Know Fantasy. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at We Know Fantasy. Fro, where can the nice people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro, and I'm less than 50 followers away from 1,000, so let's make that happen before week one of the regular season.
0: Let's get it done, guys. Uh, this guy knows so much about fantasy football, and it's a shame that he isn't at 1,000 yet. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to, uh, or not, I guess, subscribe, but if you're not following The Fantasy Fro on Twitter, make sure you are. But Fro, before we kick off things, what have you been up to? What uh, what's been consuming your time without uh fantasy football?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man, without football, it's it's a different life. It really is. It's a completely different lifestyle. You start trying things you never thought you'd do. You know, I've been playing I've been playing golf, I've been playing fantasy baseball, like stuff I never imagined I'd be doing back when I was a child. But here I am enjoying enjoying life. Just moved in uh, with the girlfriend a few months ago, so that's been that's been a fun time. But I'm just, I'm ready to roll. I mean, it's been, it's been weird. March Madness is done. The Masters is done. The Stanley Cup's happening now. Baseball is going. It's just, I'm just itching to get ready to football.
0: Yeah. Same here. And I'm on uh, the same boat as you, waiting for football to start. But in the meantime, I've been uh, focusing a lot on mock drafts, especially the NFL realm. Uh, knocked out, I think, four of those before the draft started. And I just recently dropped a 2020 mock draft. Uh, and I've been, I think I have three NBA mock drafts, all can be found on our website, weknowfantasy.com, so make sure you check that out. Uh, but besides that, I've been doing the same, you know, getting some golf in when I can, of course, work's consuming most of my time. I also have a a child that's almost two years old, so that takes the majority of my time, and I have a new one coming here in August. So, uh, not just looking for football this fall, but uh, looking to a, for the new addition to the to the household here, so... That's some exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting stuff, uh, the Fro and I have a lot lined up for you guys uh, now that we can start rolling out these podcasts, of course, but we're also working on a complete 2019 uh, fantasy football draft guide from everything from player rankings to how you should draft, how you should handle your draft, uh, everything. Is there anything you want to add to that, Fro?
1: Yeah, we've, uh, we've been putting a lot of time and effort into that, you know, really just kind of brainstorming and throwing ideas around. This is something I've actually been working on several years. It's just never really kind of happened. I've just kind of been gathering ideas and, and writing down notes. So this is going to be, you know, mo- I've been in fantasy football for 10 years. So this is 10 years worth of, of knowledge right there on top of how many years you've been in it. So it's it's gonna be a lot of knowledge from two very knowledgeable guys.
0: Yeah, I've I probably been playing for 20 years or 10 years as well. So <laughs> 20 <that's>, years. <laughs> yeah, 20 years at 24 years old or 25 now, I guess I am. But uh, yeah, I've been playing about 10 years too. So there's 20 plus years accumulative of of expertise there uh, to go off. So that's exciting. So make sure you look out for that. I as well have announced my plans to run a a, a super league. It'll be four 12-man leagues. Um, it's basically a tiered system. You start on four leagues. If you're top four, you advance. Uh, into a new league uh, redraft and then if you're top four of that you would advance to the final league where the winner uh, will be crowned the first ever super league champion of we fantasy you'll receive some prizes and uh the whole shebang so if you're interested in that hit me up i'm going to uh write on extensive rules here soon to post on the website so if you guys want to check that out we up there uh soon enough but um yeah let's what's uh let's keep going here uh speaking of past results i know you mentioned that you've been playing for quite some time how did the 2018 season go for you i know we haven't really spoke uh, on air about how how our seasons went uh, last year
1: yeah it, it kind of got a little slow in the uh fantasy fro side after you know people get knocked out of the playoffs people really stop asking questions but i mean as far as you know being a fantasy advisor between you and me we've uh we've helped over hundreds of people last year not only win their May not a hundred people win their league, but we've helped hundreds of people win week to week matchups. Like on, I mean, probably probably in the twenties and thirties amount of people that have won their league because of our advice. But my, me personally, I did win my sixth championship in my main league out of nine years. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh you're, Nate's never beaten me in in that league, so that's always <laughs> a fun accomplishment I have. But eventually, it's gonna happen. It's you can only beat someone so many times until <laughs> until you lose.
0: It just feels like every time we go up against each other, your team just goes off completely and I just have no chance. But I think this year may be my year. Um, Yeah, I also was pretty successful. I won a few of my leagues. Uh, my big house league, I think I missed the playoffs, but it was one of those things where I was leading the league and points scored. It just uh, the cards didn't fall in my favor. And of course, in your league, uh, I think the same thing happened. I don't know if I was a playoff team there or not, but that's how fantasy football goes. You may know everything, but uh, the cards just don't fall in your favor and it happens. That's why it's a it's a game of, of luck as well as a game of skill. All right. Now that we blabbered on for about five minutes about what we've been up to and what we will be up to, let's actually kick off the return of the We Know Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro and let's dive into some content. Let's do we're it. Gonna start. We're going to start off here with some rookies. We each broke down a few rookies that we are high on each. Uh, we We'll talk individually and, and throw in and, uh, comments from the other side as well as we go about this. But this is something for your dynasty people, if you guys are listening, uh, that you can you can go into as well, not just our, our redraft people. So let's kick it off with one of the hottest names, probably the hottest name in uh, all of rookies. That's Kyler Murray, and I'll let the fro take this one.
1: Yeah, Kyler Murray, He's uh, he's been a hot topic for a few months now, ever since winning the Heisman there out of Oklahoma. Sort of coming out of nowhere his senior year, but this kid is an absolute athlete. He is the first ever player to get drafted by two professional teams in the first round. He also got drafted in the Major League Baseball and decided to do football and got drafted, obviously, first overall by the Cardinals. And that feat's never been done by any player, which is really impressive. And unfortunately, the Cardinals are starting over at QB and coach once again. Seems like every few years that's happening for them. But I think this could be a really... A really special group they have here starting because kingsbury cliff kingsbury the the cardinals new coach actually has been recruiting kyler murray for seven years believe it or not he actually started recruiting kyler murray when he was a junior in high school and the cards never quite fell together for them to play in college and then once uh, kingsbury got the the call ought to be the coach for the Cardinals. He he knew he wanted to get rid of Josh Rosen, and he knew he wanted to get Kyler Murray, which was a spoiler. We knew months before the, the draft even happened. So with Kingsbury's history of developing quarterbacks, I think Kyler Murray could be an elite quarterback. We've seen it so many times in young quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. How many times we see these guys come in and are like, I don't know how they're going to do. Are they going to perform that well? Russell Wilson wins the Super Bowl at a young age. Baker Mayfield, we all know what's going to happen next year. He's just going to go off. Patrick Mahomes, unbelievable. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, those are just two of the names that Kingsbury has actually coached, part of his coaching tree at Texas Tech. The other names that he's actually coached that have had a really great college career and either a good or an okay NFL career would be Case Keenum and then Johnny Manziel. Pretty good list there. Yeah, pretty good list there for sure. So uh, if if there's anything to say about those other names, Kyler Murray is going to be a special guy. He might not be fully hit his full potential in the first year or two, but he's going to be a great guy. He's obviously worth a grab in dynasty leagues, especially if you don't have a quarterback. I know for myself, I usually tend to be patient on quarterbacks in any kind of draft because the value is so easy to find. So if you, maybe you had a guy last year, like say, you know, Russell Wilson, he's not a hundred percent every game. Russell Wilson, he's like, he's a great guy, but if you get kind of tired of him, kind of, you know, missing the offensive line has been bad. Grab a guy like Kyler Murray, who you can hold on to dynasty a guy who could potentially as soon as, you know, your next quarterback goes down, you have Kyler Murray there to fill right in. And who knows, maybe Kyler Murray puts up Patrick Mahomes-esque numbers next year. (laughs) You know, you never know. Maybe that that Cliff Kingsbury tree kind of trickles down to the next quarterback.
0: That'd be hard to imagine with that that Cardinals roster. Um, I know the offensive line will be improved this year. They were decimated with injuries last year. Mm -hmm. But even at full, this is a topic I've seen across Twitter all the time. It's people bashing the offensive line of the Cardinals. And there's people on the side being like, you know, they were injured last year, but even at full potential, that line is still pretty bad. So we'll see what can happen there with Kyler. If you had to right now throw uh, where, where he'll rank at the end of the season among quarterbacks, where do you think his range is going to be?
1: Well, right now among quarterbacks, he's, he's at 18 ish. Okay. Between 15 and 20. Um, that's in redraft leagues. Obviously, dynasty is a little different. Um, the way he's going to end the season, I'm going to I'm going to put him. He's going to be top eleven. I think he'll be top oh, wow. eleven. He'll be teetering around that top ten spot. Um, because because he can run as well. He's going to have yeah. over easily over a hundred, hundred twenty rushing attempts. As long as he stays healthy, he's got some pretty freakish guys to throw to. That rookies that they drafted. They drafted Hakeem Butler. Who That's actually? Great, great value Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> who actually is in training in the offseason with the greatest, one of the greatest wide receivers, Calvin Johnson, and he is six foot six, runs a four four eight in the forty, and he's going to be getting those jump balls. So if he plays Insane. anything close to Calvin Johnson, Kyler Murray, we know has a heck of an arm. So those two could be a nice duo to start their their franchise re- again.
0: Yeah, there is a few young receivers on that team. Of course, you have Larry Fitzgerald still on that team who can mentor these young guys. So there's a bright future for the Cardinals uh, with Murray and these young guys he's throwing to. But let's move on here to one of my favorite uh, uh, rookies this year. And it's hard to say this as a diehard 49ers fan, but I am so sold on DK Metcalf. Um, I don't think you could have found a better situation for him to fall into. Of course, he's on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Doug Baldwin has retired from, from football. You know, he was one of the Seahawks greats at the receiver position. Um, an undrafted guy that just just blew up and was insane, had hands that had glue on him and everything like that. But last year, Baldwin had 73 targets um, in just 13 games and has had over 100 targets in the three years prior to that. So you want to assume that Tyler Lockett. Will be the new number one guy there. He's pretty much the number one guy for Russell Wilson last year, but who's going to be the number two? Because you have names like David Moore, Jaron Brown, Kenyon Reynolds, and the list goes on. The these are guys who were late round picks, undrafted friends that the uh, the Seahawks just just you know make do with. They seem to be able to put offensive pieces together that that Russell Wilson you know is a special player can su- have success with. So now they draft this guy, DK Metcalf, who is an absolute specimen of a human being. Insane what this guy looks like, what he does, his athletics, his size, his speed, everything. I know his lateral movements are limited, and he scored very poorly in the shuttle run and whatnot at the, at the um, combine. But, you know, the combine, take that as you will. Um, he's going to step in and get heavy targets. He's a big guy. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson loves those guys. He loves his tight end and Metcalf is the size of a tight end in the speed of a wide receiver. So this is going to be a great marriage. Um, I'm drafting this guy high in dynasty leagues and he is definitely worth a pickup in your, in your 10 to 12 man redraft leagues, in my opinion, because if, if, if history shows anything, Russell Wilson is gets gets it done with the with the names I listed with the David Moore's and the Jerron Browns, but when you give him a, a DK Metcalf, he's gonna put up some pretty good numbers in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I completely agree, you know, what you're saying about those the guys like Jerron Brown, David Moore. It's kind of names that as an average fantasy player, you're like, who the heck are these guys? But Russell Wilson, he can turn some pretty average guys into some very good guys. We've seen it obviously with Doug Baldwin and then Tyler Lockett finally coming along. And last year, Will Disley, the tight end. Like, yeah, who the, who the heck is Will Disley? He has fantasy
0: relevance. And oh, like, my goodness. This guy?
1: If he would have stayed healthy, that could have been a completely different story. But, yeah, Russell Wilson, anyone playing with Russell Wilson is great. DK Metcalf, he'll be a great option. I think as of now, he's the number two. But any given week on that offense, other than Tyler Lockett, you know, anyone could be the number two option. So, But DK Metcalf
0: certainly has the most upside. All right, we're going to throw it over to Fro again here. Here's a guy who is close to him to his heart for two different reasons as a fan of two different teams. So who is this guy, Fro?
1: Yeah, my boy, Miles Sanders, running back out of Penn State University, drafted number 53 overall. He was tied with the highest draft pick for the Eagles of a running back ever. The only other running back drafted that high was LaShawn McCoy who holds tons of the Eagles' rushing records right now. So that worked out pretty dang well. The thing about Miles Sanders is this season I am very nervous about him in fantasy and redraft leagues because I just don't see him going to get enough touches. As good as he is, as talented as he is, he's just not going to get enough touches in that backfield. The Eagles brought in Jordan Howard for a reason – He's the he's the guy to own in the Eagles' backfield, as tricky as it seems to be since Doug Peterson's been there. You know, it's they have Corey Clement, Josh Adams. They have Smallwood. Who is going to be I guess who is going to be Jordan Howard's backup? Is it even going to be Miles Sanders? Unless you're in a team with 12, 14, even 16 teams. I would say Miles Sanders is not going to start in your lineup weekly. But if you draft Jordan Howard, then you want, to, you want to handcuff him with Miles Sanders because as soon as he goes down, he can come in, he can fill in nicely, and he could just be an RB1 or an RB2 while Jordan Howard is out. It's unfortunate that you know he has to sit behind guys in the Eagles' backfield because he could do potentially what Saquon Barkley has done last year. He's done absolutely everything. He's not Saquon Barkley level, but he comes from the same tree. He's learned from Saquon. He obviously has that connection. He's had some pretty big plays at Penn State. But I'd say in Dynasty, he is going to be – he's my number one running back. And in redraft, he's currently going 83 overall. He's a 34th running back, which is actually higher than Jordan Howard. But I think that's way too high in redraft leagues. I just don't think he's going to find his way consistently out of that group.
0: So you're saying you you expect Sanders to be better career-wise than uh, what most people assume to be the to, to be the number one rookie running back and number one overall pick in most dynasty drafts, and Connor Cook.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I would. I think overall, in the long run, Miles Sanders is the guy. Um...
0: Cook's situation is not ideal to me. That that line for the Raiders is is a mess. Um, I know they spent. Big money on Trent Brown. I have no clue why they did that. That guy is not good. Um, he I forget what stat it is, but he was one of the worst uh graded tackles last year, and he just becomes one of the highest paid. Just like that. And, you know, constant turmoil and, and we don't know what's going on in Oakland. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where this hype is for Cook outside of he was just a first overall, you know, running back selected.
1: You mean is it Josh Jacobs?
0: Yeah, why did I say Connor Cook? Josh Jacobs. Yes. Who <laughs> is like, Connor Cook?
1: I think he's a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he, he he
0: played at Michigan State, didn't he? Out of not? Michigan
1: State. Yeah, he did. Man. I man. was like, wait. I knew what you meant though. Yeah, I knew what you <laughs> meant. Yeah. I mean Josh Jacobs is gonna be awesome this year, absolutely. You got John Gruden going all in. He's gonna be an absolute stud, but I think in the long run, I still think Miles I mean, me, I'm a little biased, but I still think Miles Sanders is gonna be the guy. I really do. We've seen so many times with these Alabama running backs, they just they come in, they dominate for a year, maybe two, and they kinda of get a little lazy. You know, I don't know if maybe that's a, the trend there in Alabama. Maybe they're just they're just there. Maybe they're making some money while they're there, you know. But I would, I mean, hey, if if you're in, if you have the first overall pick, it's a brand new league and you're trying to win, right away, Josh Jacobs is the guy. If it's a dynasty league that you're looking, okay, you know, I'm not going to have the best draft. I have a late pick, whatever. The reason is, go with Miles Sanders. Take a risk at someone who could potentially be the Eagles starter and obviously should be a much better offense for several years to come with Carson Wentz there versus Derek Carr at the Raiders. So that's just me. Maybe it's a little biased, but... Hey, Lashawn McCoy has won me fancy championships before, so why can't another Eagles running back do it?
0: Yeah, I I still don't know where that Connor Cook thing came from. Uh, (laughs) I I just blanked. You know, there's so many names out here. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs, like I said, I am not sold on him. I am not sold in the situation. We'll see how it goes. Um I honestly believe he wasn't even the best running back on his college team. So we'll just see how it how it happens this year. and uh, it's hard to to buy into a Raiders running back in my opinion at this point, but maybe he'll surprise me and uh, but uh, we'll see what happens down the road. So here's a running back I am sold on, and that's Justice Hill for the Baltimore Ravens. He was a fourth round selection for them. He's got four four speed, put up twenty one reps, and uh, at five foot ten one too. So you know, Mark Ingram was the big free agency signing. Uh, you know, everyone's in love with him. I'm in love with him just because this, this this situation is so great here. You have Lamar Jackson, who I absolutely love, who and this, this run first, run second, and probably run third offense. So you know the chances are going to be there. So you have your Mark Ingrams, who's your leader. Then it gets pretty crowded beyond that. You have your Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon behind Mark Ingram before he gets to Justice Hill. But I believe Justice Hill will be the number two guy behind Mark Ingram who, you know, misses games here or there with injury and maybe suspension, you know, um, but the, the, the situation he's in just, just feels right. Um, you have this super run heavy team. So of course you're going to get your chances. And we, and the Ravens proved last year that if you're the hot hand, you're going to start games. We saw, you know, Kenneth Dixon and, and Gus Edwards and, and, and the uh, more names, you know, get the workload. Of course, I, I, it's hard to see them go beyond Mark Ingram, but, they may even be a two running back team with Mark Ingram. Then you have your change of pace, your speedier guy out of Justice Hill. Um, do you believe this is something that has immediate value? Of course, I believe there's there's value down the road for him in this offense as long as Lamar Jackson is the guy.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're willing to be patient with this running back situation, yeah, Justice Hill is a guy. I'm not drafting him unless I'm drafting Mark Ingram because I'm all about that handcuff and i'm going to talk about it over and over it's going to be in our draft guide handcuff your running backs handcuff your running backs Thanks and enough. uh you know it's we saw it we see it every year you know your research your research this is going to be the guy he's going to be the backup and then all of a sudden some guy comes out of nowhere you know like phil Lindsay last year or arian foster a few years ago you just don't know and the thing is about running backs you don't want to pay too much unless you know that guy is going to be an elite runner that year. Cause you can pick up guys after week one that could potentially be your guy for the rest of the season, AKA Alvin Kamara. You just don't know. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into a rookie running back that I don't think is going to start this year. Obviously in dynasty, you know, swing away early at him. Obviously, you know, he's in the same boat as, as Miles Sanders is. He's, he's behind it. Uh, He's in a, a running back committee with running backs have been in the league a long time. Mark Ingram coming off two of his his best seasons. We know the Ravens love to run the ball. It's going to be a great situation if Mark Ingram ever goes down. He's the guy. He'll be running back two at worst while he's the starter if Ingram ever goes down.
0: Yeah, um, I, just, I just feel like it's a great situation. And, and you know, running backs are, are pretty hard to project especially rookies because they just, you know, one week, one, two weeks, you don't know about these guys. And all of a sudden, you know, like a Phil Lindsay last year, like you said, just burst on a scene and is, is, is from there on a top 10, you know, fancy running back. But um, let's move on from running backs and let's go into a receiver. that The fro is high on who is this guy fro and why are you in love with him?
1: Nicole Hardman. And I hope I got that first name, right?
0: It's a Looks little like
1: little Yeah. A little tricky wide receiver. For the Kansas City Chiefs, who is supposed to be Tyreek Hill's replacement, and there's a few reasons I love this guy. the The first reason is because last year I kept preaching and in in every single mock I was trying to get Tyreek Hill. I said Tyreek Hill is going to do well. I said Patrick Mahomes, he's going to do well. I didn't. Nobody expected them to blow up like they did. I thought he was going to do great. I wanted to grab him. I said, you know, Andy Reid is great at coaching quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill is going to be awesome because Patrick Mahomes has one of the best arms in the league. But I never had the opportunity. I never had the opportunity to grab Tyreek Hill. And I love speedy guys. I love Deshaun Jackson. I love guys that can just run down the field and put up 40 points any random week. But McCole Hardman is the new Tyreek Hill. Assuming Hill is done on the Chiefs, it's still kind of up in the air what's going to happen with that. So that could change. But depending on that, he's the guy to own. Mahomes has already been tweeting pictures about uh, this guy catching passes from him, putting in, quote, sneak peek of what's to come. He runs a 4.3340, which is a little tiny bit slower than what Tyreek Hill ran. He ran a 4.25, but that was in 2013 at the Combine. So chances are they're probably pretty close at this point, with Tyreek Hill already being in the league a few years. And the Chiefs traded up. To the 56th pick to grab this guy and anytime anytime a team trades up to get a guy they genuinely want him they feel like he could be a difference maker that season that's why they do that andy reed is gonna he's lost some guys i mean that's unfortunate situations with hunt and hill but andy reed's not going to miss a beat that offense is going to be so explosive again they're going to make up for that defense. They're going to be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL again. They're going to put up 50 points a game, and that's just what's going to happen. You're going to want to grab this guy. He's currently ranked at 100. He's the 45th overall wide receiver, and that's an absolute steal. Even if Tyree Kill is back, that's an absolute steal, which I don't think he's going to be. And then he'll be, we're looking at, a top 25 wide receiver by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, this is a name that you know not many people are talking about. This is a name you don't see often on on your Twitter when you're scrolling through or anything like that. Take note: this is a guy who's going to be available in in we're talking Dynasty right here, second, maybe even early third round. More as you know the pro- the, the process develops further, probably moving up. But get this guy, like the Fro said, he knows if there's someone who knows uh, Andy Reid, it, it's the Fro. Uh, I believe anything he says about Andy Reid. Um, so if he believes in this guy, just as he put his, you know, vouch for Tyreek Hill, I know it wasn't out of nowhere that Tyreek Hill was going to be, you know, a, a star, but he blew up as, you know, one of the best re- receivers in the league and, uh, Hardman may be, uh, it's hard to say he'll be the next Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is a special talent. But, uh, if he can put up, you know, three quarters of what Hill did last year, that's still a steal with a projected, uh, drafting number at a hundred uh, that's pretty insane. Um, I have two more guys. I'm going to run through real quick. Uh, the first one's just a quick for your dynasty guys. Devin Singletary. I'm sure this guy's on your radar. Um, he he was drafted by the Bills. Uh, of course, Shady McCoy is has not played uh, all 16 games, or he played all 16 games just one time in his in his four seasons in Buffalo. Uh, he's also 31 years old. Um, they added Frank Gore this season, but, of course, Frank Gore is 36. But at this pace, uh, I think we expect Frank Gore to play until he's 46 because a man does not stop. <laughs> and uh, the most interesting thing is they added TJ Yeldon this year, uh, but he also is – is through his first four seasons, he has not played all 16 games yet. So he's also on a two-year deal. Um, you know, there's just, just long run – this is long run we're talking here, or Dynasty guys – Singletary is going to be the starting running back for the bills someday and that's a great offense to own the running back in you know tons of chances you know even with Josh Allen there um, they're a run first team they're they're always gonna be at that they play in cold you know they're gonna need to run the ball so Singletary could be a great addition Um, I'm not sure what his average draft draft position is for Dynasty right now but probably late first early second somewhere in that nature make sure you're scooping up this guy and I going to touch quick on TJ Hawkinson. I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he is. He's going to be a top 10 tight end this year. Um, if you are drafting in, in the five slot, four slot in uh, Dynasty Leagues, I'm taking TJ Hawkinson. Uh, this is another thing I keep seeing is do you draft tight end early or do you draft tight end late? I know the Fro and I are tight end early guys. You want to get one of those big names. So if you're in Dynasty League and you grab a Hawkinson who could be a top 10 re- uh, tight end for the you know, his entire career, you're off to a great start. Uh, I know traditionally you're not going to put a top five a dynasty pick into a tight end, but Hawkins is a special talent. Uh, I'm not going Travis Kelsey comparisons yet, but I'm going Travis Kelsey comparisons. This man has hands. He has the speed. He has everything you want in a tight end. And that's why he was – was he a top ten pick when did the Lions select? I think he was, right? I want to say like ten. Yeah, he was around ten. So this is – this is insane for a tight end to be picked at high. So you know he's special. Mm-hmm. So even in uh, even in redraft leagues, this guy's gonna be a top ten. You know, the Lions annually are one of the most pass happy teams in the league. Um, you know you have Kenny Galladay there and, and Marvin Jones and those are receiving names, but that's about it. So uh make sure you're scooping up Hawkinson in all formats. Uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna wait on a tight end, he may be one of those like, you know, below the first tier of guys maybe sitting there for you. Scoop him up. He's going to put up big numbers for many years to come. Before we move on in this, I want to uh, just jump in here quick uh, for our listeners who have made it this far uh, in this podcast, listening to us ramble on about rookies and, and about our lives and whatnot. We're put what, 30 minutes deep. So if you're still listening, first off, thank you very much. Uh, it's hard to believe that people listen to us ramble on, you know, hundreds of people actually tune into this thing and listen to, to the fro. And I just ramble, which is insane to think about. Um, Especially when I'm, when I'm calling Josh Jacobs, Connor Cook, um, <laughs> it's the first podcast of the year. <laughs> it, yeah, we're, we're back. We're fresh. There's names everywhere. I'm, I'm trying to put all this information together and, and, and you know, things that scrambled there. Plus you have your, plus I have kids and, and, and a pregnant wife. So, so give me some credit there, but I'm going to offer a t-shirt giveaway to anyone who's listening this point. All you have to do is, uh, DM myself or DM fantasy fro and, and just let us know, um, how, how you like our podcast, And if you've been listening for since last year, let us know. And let us know how long you've been following our pages. We're just curious about that. So all you have to do is DM us, drop us a hi. Um, we'll put you in a pool and uh, maybe our next podcast. I'm not sure how long down the road or in a few days, depending on how many people we get, uh, I'll do a drawing. And uh, we'll get you a, a, a We Know Fantasy T-shirt sent out to you. Uh, may even customize it to, to reflect the podcast uh, with the Fur Incorporated. We'll see how that goes. But uh, just drop us a DM quick and we'll get you entered. Uh, make sure you're in the uh, United States because uh, I just ran into this problem with a, a guy from India who won my fantasy EPL league. I tried to ship him a shirt, but it was like 30 bucks to ship a shirt. So uh, I'm not going to drop $30 to ship you a shirt. So make sure you're in the United States. I, I apologize to those outside of it, but it just isn't uh, you know fiscally possible for me to be shipping out $40 shirts across the, across the world let's move on here uh past the rookies here's a situation that is hot Uh, I keep seeing this everywhere what do you do with Todd Gurley when do you draft him who's the next man up uh there's rookie Daryl Henderson behind him and there is last year's backup to the backup I guess you say uh uh and Malcolm Brown so let's start off with this question where are you comfortable in drafting Todd Gurley in a redraft league
1: well, let's just for the record, it's this is May twenty ninth right now. So anything we say right now is gonna yeah, change. take this a grain of salt. Take this with grain of salt. A hundred times, a hundred times is gonna change. But I loved Todd Gurley last year. He won me my league. He almost lost me my league as well. Love Todd Gurley, made the decision of taking him over LeVeon Bell last year, which ended up making me look like a genius, even <laughs> though I'm not always a genius, but uh man this year I would take him. I'm all a guy all about value in the draft. If if he falls out of the first round, I'm taking him. Same. You know, because if you have say you have an early pick, you know, or I guess it'd be a late pick if he if he goes if he drops like, you know, twelve or thirteen. And you go running back early and you got Todd Gurley in the second round. You have a chance to potentially have two Belkow running backs. You could be like that guy who had Todd Gurley last year and James Conner last year. That kind of just came out of nowhere. Or James Conner, Philip Lindsay as well. Yeah, you know? one of those so, guys. Yeah, you could be that guy that's just going to dominate your league. I would. I wouldn't take him in the a top ten. I would not take him in a top ten as of right now because it's just too it's too risky. And you you can't win your league in the first round, but you sure as heck can lose it. And there's a yep. lot of other guys that even if Groy is hundred percent, they're not that far behind him that I would still take before him, especially with this risk.
0: Yeah, this is a twenty four year old. He may be twenty five with the season start man who has a has knee arthritis to an extent where he's physically limping you know it's limited in his his profession as a football player and uh you know he had a torn ACL in college so this this is this isn't something to that needs to be take let take lightly um you know recently reports came out from him and the team that they are you know skeptical and concerned about this so this is this is not good but of course this is May 29th things could change you know uh, two months from now they can come out saying he's completely fine he's making cuts he's he's doing everything but at this point i too if he slips out of the first round i'm snagging him uh in the last two years he was one of the best running backs in the league is one of the most one of the best running backs in the league at this point so like the, like the fro said you're, you could possibly say you draft late you pick up uh i don't know Don't want to really toss name out there, but like he said, you could have two potential like top five running backs just from from drafting that well. And uh, you like uh, the fro just said, you cannot win your draft with the first overall selection. But if you make it wrong, you're going to lose. I I, It's hard to believe that anyone that drafted, say, Le'Veon Bell last year did well. It's just uh, it's just that's where you need to nail it on the head. And um if you If you mess it up, it it, it it's really gonna uh, you know put a damper in your team for the rest of the season without some uh, major luck coming your way. Um, so of his backups, are you a Henderson guy? Or are you a brown guy at this point? I like to 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 trend towards Brown at this point. <clears throat> I know um I know he he didn't even get the starting job. They brought uh, what's his name off the street there uh, at the end of the season. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson. <laughs> yeah, who had a, Jeez, heck, I'm of telling a you. heck of a play out there. Yeah, yeah, Insane, but, you know, Brown was thought to be the next guy up, but then the, then CJ Anderson comes off the street and yeah. it goes. But, um, you know, I think people just love to see this rookie come in and the instant they believe in him. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of guilty with that with the Justice uh, Hill situation, but are you a Henderson or are you a Brown guy, Fro?
1: And right now it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, honestly, it's it's the first few weeks of OTAs, but I mean, you have to think Henderson is the guy, the backup right now. I sure know more people. It's probably closer to seventy percent are believing Henderson's the guy right now. I mean, you go out and you draft the guy, knowing that Gurley is not a hundred percent. They knew yep. that through the entire playoffs, even the even before the playoffs started, towards the end of the regular season, they knew Gurley was not himself. So even when he was out there, he looked fine when he was on the field, but for whatever reason, he just couldn't he just couldn't stay in the game. But I mean, you got to think Henderson's the guy. I mean, Malcolm Butler, he's he knows the system. But I think in the long run, I'm going Henderson. I put my eggs in that basket for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, if you're, if you're a girly guy, this is going to be tough unless something becomes super clear towards your redraft time, uh, with who to pick to, to cuff him. But if you have a dynasty pick, say a third round, uh, Henderson's definitely worth the scoop because he could end up being the Rams, you know, number one guy, if girly's injuries as severe as, as they want to say it is. And that's a, that's a great, th- uh, a thing to have on your team. Another hot topic that I've seen circulate around Twitter is the Josh Allen situation. Uh, it's basically you're if you're team Josh Allen or you're not team Josh Allen. I know there's a huge debate. Uh, I was I was tagged in and ended up being like hundreds of comments later between like Josh Allen and Connor Murray and whatnot. But uh, I'm just going to throw some stats out there. Um, the this list of quarterbacks have also finished in the top five in the same time frame as Allen did last week where Josh Allen was the number one fantasy quarterback um, from weeks 12 to 16. Uh, that's he's definitely someone we talked about last year at the end uh, because he was, you know, he was beating up Patrick Mahomes uh, for these for these numbers. But, you know, Blake in 2017, Tyrod Taylor, 2016, Kaepernick, 2016, Borders again, 15, Fitzpatrick, 15, Tyrod, 15, Eli Manning, 14, Tano, 14. It's just uh, that time of the year, you know, things are winding down. And you have these guys who, who 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 will step up that you got to tread lightly with um, these this this. These numbers I just quoted uh came from uh Kyle Lee, FF or Fantasy Football Recon at Kyle Lee one four eight six. Don't want to take credit for that. He tweeted that, I retweeted that. It's just something to think about. Um when it, 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 when you're trying to figure out if Josh Allen is for real, and I think a lot of his fantasy value just comes with his legs. Uh, I know the fro feels the same way, but um do you think uh let's say could you win a fantasy football championship with Josh Allen as your quarterback?
1: Well, yes and no. Um, will I be drafting him specifically? Probably not. But why not just pick him up on the waivers when somebody drops him after a week, about a week or two? Yep. You know, with quarterbacks, especially if you wait for a quarterback, just just stream a quarterback. Every single week, there's going to be a good matchup. Just like defenses. I mean, it's not rocket science for us. It's actually pretty easy. I think people kind of overthink it and they're kind of bored with you know not having football right now. You know, Josh Allen this, Josh Allen that. I mean, the fact of the matter is he's not a good thrower. He's probably never going to be a great thrower. He's a great runner, which it was very surprising to a lot of people. But how long could that last a couple hits? He's going to be out, you know, but I would just wait. Honestly, I would just wait till someone ends up dropping him because he has a bad game or two. They're going to they're just going to they'll jump ship real fast and then you can capitalize on a good matchup.
0: And, uh, you know, I'm in the same boat. I'm not going to go out of my way to draft to draft Josh Allen. I'm a wait for quarterback pretty much last round of the draft type of guy. Like you said, I always feel there is a, there's a smaller gap between the top of the quarterback, you know, tier and the bottom of the quarterback. than there is from say the running back and the wide receiver tiers. Excuse me. So yeah, like you said, he's going to be, have some great matchups. He's going to put up some big numbers from week to week, but he's also going to put down, uh, you know, bad weeks because he's not that active a football of a thrower. um, So, yeah, like he said, it probably is just people trying to talk football. (coughs) Excuse me. Talk football this this offseason. And another topic I feel is kind of weird. I think it's just people trying to talk football. There was reports that came out that said in the Steelers backfield that it's pretty much up for grabs that either James Conner or Jan Samuels or, or Benny Snells could be the workhorse running back. Do you, do you buy into this that James Conner could lose his starting job to, to say, a Jalen Samuels or Benny Snells?
1: I don't think he loses his job, but I think he loses some touches because last year when he got hurt, they didn't miss a beat. and We're seeing this over and over. Le'Veon Bell goes down. They don't miss a beat. That's Connor the Steelers' system. They don't miss a beat. Exactly. It's pound, pound, pound the ball, throw the ball. Like, (laughs) that's a Steelers team. I I mean, James Conner, he is awesome, did awesome, awesome, awesome last year. But we're going to learn a lot about him this year. Is it maybe just because, one, it was a system, and now Antonio Brown is gone, and now Le'Veon Bell is officially gone? Or two, is it because defenses didn't quite know how to contain him? Is that going to change? Jalen Samuels looked awesome, and he's also a very good receiver. And I know they like to use their quarter, their running backs as receivers as well. Benny Snells out of Kentucky is an absolute tank. So, I mean, I could see this being semi-running back committee because that's just the way the, the NFL is going. They don't care about our fantasy teams. They care about winning games. So it's up to us to kind of figure out who the guy is going to be each week.
0: Yeah, the one of the most surprising stats, I guess it's not really that surprising, but one of the more interesting stats, I guess you should say, uh, among teams, uh, you know, in snap shares, the Steelers have one of the highest percent of their starter getting, you know, the most snaps. So, you know, traditionally there's no committee there in, in in uh Pittsburgh. There's there's been games last year where, you know, no one else besides Connor took a snap at running back which is insane. Of course, that changed towards the end of the year when they got you know Samuels involved. And like he said, they love the receivers catching on the backfield. So I'm not sure if 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 this is a James Conner being extremely talented thing. I think he's a talented running back, yes. But that system is so fitting for a running back uh, in Pittsburgh. Whatever person's lining up behind Ben Roethlisberger, I want my fantasy team. I'll tell you that. I don't care what his name is, what he used to do, I want it. That system makes running backs great in fantasy. Uh, we'll see if Le'Veon Bell can actually produce uh, with the Jets, or if, uh, you know, part of that system mm-hmm. that he was in, you know, comes to light. Uh, people like to to say I'm lying when I say last year I believe James Conner was gonna do something like this. It's just it's just how the Steelers is and how they always have been. Think to a few years back, uh, what was it, 13 or 14, uh, when um, Le'Veon Bell was suspended, DeAndre yeah, Williams came in, and was you know running back one for the few weeks that, that he was suspended. It just happens time and time again. So uh, if it's not James Conner and it's Samuels and it's, or it's Snell's, whoever it is, you need to own them in fancy football. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears into something a little bit different here. Uh, this is one of our final things uh, we're going to talk about in this podcast. I know we've been rambling for quite some time, mm, almost to 45 minutes. It's great to talk football again, uh, but this is something quick that we we, what we want to touch on. This is, uh, you know, a, a player who's going to have a lower average draft position, a, a player who, you know, isn't going to be a, a big name that may be owning half the leagues to begin with that we believe is going to have a huge season. Uh, I guess I'll start. I'll, I'll go first. And my guy maybe be a little biased here, but it's Tevin Coleman, who recent news came out that Tevin Coleman is, is pretty much going to be the, running, the 49ers running back of choice this year. I know they have a stacked backfield with tons of names uh on it, but there's a reason. There's a reason that Kyle Shanahan went out and signed, you know, his old his old uh his old running back from those times in Atlanta. I always believed Tevin Coleman to be better. Uh jeez, man. My brain. Better than a uh, Freeman there in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, th- th- that was pretty much a 50-50 split backfield, maybe 60-40 in favor of Freeman sometimes. But uh, Tevin Coleman is very special. Uh, his old coach, now the head coach of the 49 went out to sign him. You know, Jarek McKinnon, they they signed him for a lot of money the season before. He tore his ACL. This, the last play of, uh, of, of training camp uh, before the season started, which was uh, unfortunate, but... I'm a, I'm a big 49 fan, of course, so I've been following – I follow them intensely. And there's been pretty much no new news about McKinnon. And I believe – and I've been reading that they believe his injury is more severe than 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 what it was out to be. And I honestly believe he won't be on the 49 roster at the beginning of the season. May it be traded or maybe he just cut because of injury reason. But uh, that that clears up a lot of uh, room for Tevin Coleman. Of course, you have Matt Bruda who had a great season last year. And you have Jeffrey Wilson and Raheem Muster. Um, but Tevin Coleman is going to have a great system or not a great system, a great season. He's in a great system. We'll have tons of opportunity. You know, that 4 team is a, I'd say is a pretty run first offense. You know, uh, Shanahan gets the running back involved in the passing game. So, uh, if, if you're drafting late and you see the Tevin Coleman name there, uh, scoop him up. I know we're not drafting this point, but just follow Tevin Coleman throughout this, uh, off season because he's cl- going to climb draft boards. I know that for sure.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 49ers running backs are definitely the way to go. Shanahan loves running them, and historically the 49ers have had some pretty good running backs there, so I definitely like that pick. Uh, But for my pick that I think people are definitely going to be very, very low on for a very good reason is Ronald Jones. Oh, man. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's he had some high expectations last year and did not. He come did. Through. He did. He did not come through. I know some guys that drafted him. I think he was the first rookie running back drafted. Well, besides Saquon. Yeah, we, Saquon's, Saquon's was only, was the top five pick. Yeah, Saquon's a little different. You know that Royce Freeman, uh, Richard Penny, the guy Ronald Jones. They were all three. I, mean, I still remember Sony last Michelle. year trying to decide Sony Michelle. Yeah, all four of them were right in the same spot. In projected drafts, I still remember last year's trying to decide which guy to draft, and I was—I'm glad to not go Ronald Jones. I process of elimination, but I really think Ronald Jones is going to break out this year. I think he has the shot. Winston was saying that Jones is showing out so far at OTAs. He's looking much more confident and relaxed. And so far, Peyton Barber hasn't done much. I mean, last year Jones only ran 23 times for 44 yards. It honestly cannot get any worse than it. I could do that. I mean.
0: I don't know about that, but.
1: I No, I could do that. That's <laughs> how bad that is. <laughs> I could do that behind that offensive line. But, uh, I, I mean, you're going to buy low here. Buy low here. It is such a great spot. He's currently ranked 112th, which is the 45th running back. You're going to get this guy later than the 10th round who has potential to put up double-digit fantasy points every single week. If not closer to twenty some weeks, if he gets a couple a touchdown or two. I think he's an absolute steal. I'm buying Ronald Jones. I'm actually trying to invest in Ronald Jones cards because I think he's gonna be he's gonna finally show up. I really do. He was so highly invested out of USC and really choked and now everyone's down, but it was one year. I mean, remember what happened the year after Melvin Gordon had a down year? He absolutely blew up. So Buy low. It's all about the value in the draft. Grab Ronald Jones. I hope Nate doesn't do it in our draft to so screw me <laughs> over, but <laughs> Ronald Jones, buy him.
0: Yeah. He's one of those running backs who's in a situation where who, no, I mean, there's, there's no good running back on that team. You know, last year, uh, he struggled Peyton Barber, you know, their number one guy averaged 3.7 yards per carry, you know, had 234 rushes for 80s, 871 yards, Um averaging like 50 yards a game. There's just not much competition there So if he he's gonna get his chances and uh, I was pretty high on last year. I wasn't as high as somewhere um, I, I I probably not gonna draft him this year. I don't I don't believe in him uh, it just it just last year was so hard to watch him when he when he had those touches. I know there was only what twenty three of them, yeah. but it was just it was just tough to watch. But um, you know he's got a new coach, new system. Things are falling in place there in Tampa. He's got great pieces around him, so maybe things will click this year. And uh, you know with a new regime and system going, that maybe uh, maybe it's right. But like the fro said, this is a guy you're, you're gambling on. Like this, no matter who you pretty much pick at this point of the draft when he's going to go pretty much isn't going to be your roster within the first five weeks unless you hit someone random you know but it's just one of those things that you know take the risk and it's going to blow out and if you listen to the fro and he blows up you, you know you're like a genius and you can probably take the credit yourself because no yeah. one's going to give us a credit because that's what happens uh but yeah so uh that's it for our, our first podcast back uh you know, 50 minutes. So if you're listening to this point, thank you so much. I can't believe you'd be listening to, 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 is our to longest, us. Our longest podcast it, ever. Is, it is. And it's the first, it's the first one of this, of this, I guess you can't even say 2019 season yet, but we're in the, we're officially in the 2019 uh, year. So, um, it, it, it's it's great to be back. It's great to talk football, of course, with my with my friend Fro here. Uh, we've been talking all off season and and throwing ideas back and forth. And remember, uh, in the future, we will we'll be having a complete 2019 draft guide out. Be, of course, it'll be closer to the draft uh, when we can get our rankings put together because you can't put them together now because a million things are going to change between now and then. Um, so it's impossible to put some of this together. But you know, trust us, we're working hard on this. It's going to be great it's gonna win you leagues we can promise you that and uh it's gonna come at a very low price it it's gonna be worth every every penny uh you invest in it plus you uh will help us uh you know produce better and 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 more uh, more included uh inclusive content moving forward um as we progress you know doing this fantasy football thing and these podcasts uh remember uh I'm also running a super league. I need a lot more people for that. I know it's early, but just trying to get the, the thing situation. It's a lot of work to get things started. So hit me up on Twitter for that. Uh, also the fancy fro here. Joining me is only 50 followers away from 1000, the big 1000. So let's uh, all hop over there, drop the, uh, the, the follow button on him. Let's get him to that 1000 before our next podcast, which I'm not sure will come. We'll see what happens in the upcoming weeks. And when, you know, a bunch of news starts falling together, we'll put another one out there. Um, as long as you're free and and whatnot, and uh, you know, ready to sit down for another hour of our life to uh, ramble on some microphones. But uh, let's sign off here. Where can they find you, uh, Fro, even though I just pretty much said where they find you?
1: Well, once again, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter, at Fantasy Fro.
0: That's Fantasy Fro, F-R-O. So make sure you head over there. I am also Nate with We Know Fantasy. Can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Weeno Fantasy, come on over, drop us a like. Uh the season's right around the corner and I'm I'm trying to keep as involved as I can and uh like you said, like I said I've been dropping some uh mock drafts, so uh stay tuned for that and uh until we see you guys next time. Uh, that'll that'll do, I guess.